Hello and welcome back to Real Education. We got a special midweek episode for you since we've been a little behind the uh, behind the eight ball here uh, on putting out episodes. So sticking with the Halloween theme that we've been going with, one of our favorites talking about horror movies. Uh, this Wednesday we bring you Cabin in the Woods versus The Evil Dead 2. Um, we're very excited about these movies, again, because we're talking about horror movies, specifically horror comedies. Um, so let's talk a little bit about why we picked these movies. Uh, first, and I think the biggest one to me is, they both center around a cabin in the middle of the woods that is very terrifying. Absolutely. Looking. That was the first thing I put in my notes, Yeah, Mitch, for but... sure. Um, you got a, this horrifying cabin in both cases, run down, very old, meant to set the setting of both movies as uh, not going to be very Secluded, pleasant. away from everything. Yes, so, yes, for sure. Yep. Um, you also have both of them being based on this idea of uh, there's an evil presence, uh, and it's centered around it. In The Cabin in the Woods, it almost wasn't this, um, but it was centered around a book. Mm-hmm. They both both evils come about by the reading of a book, which was kind of a huge one. When I saw it, I was like, "Oh my, that's really cool!" That they both came down to them having to say out loud a passage from a certain book. Sure, sure. Um, what do you got? Any others you had on there? Um, not at the very beginning of Evil Dead Two, but after you get into the meat of the movie, you've got kind of five main characters. Yes, absolutely. Within the cabin, that's something else that we kind of thought about as mm-hmm. we did that. Um, the cellar playing a part in both. Yes, creepy, both creepy basements. A creepy basement, <laughs> which we I talked think, about. Yes, in our last episode. Um, seclusion. Yes. Once they get to the cabin, the bridge being out yes. in Evil Dead, the tunnel being kind of closing them off from from the rest of the world too. In Cabin in the Woods, yes, uh-huh. for sure. Uh, and and another one that I kind of came up with where. In both movies, there's kind of this self-awareness. Like, I mean, there's there's some sort of extra knowledge that the characters have that let them know that there's some kind of evil yes. there. Would you agree with oh, that? Oh, yeah, Mitch? for sure. I mean, because, I mean, you in The Cabin in the Woods, you see it in, uh, i got to remember his name, Marty. Um, with Marty being very aware of, like, from the very beginning, saying, like, we're in this, they know this, they're watching us, the puppet yes. master. He kept seeing the mm-hmm. puppet masters are pulling the strings. Yes. Um, and Evil Dead, they do the set. You, you have this idea of Ash knowing what's going on, kind of being an, uh, being an insider on what, mm-hmm. what's happening. And even Annie's connection to her father. Yes. Her, oh, absolutely. Her, her father's not, research to the And she's bringing the, the new the pages dead. out there, yes. so it's not new to yes. her either. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely, I'd agree. Um any others before we dive into ratings? That's all I have. That's I all I have that. for connections. But that makes a strong argument that these two movies are definitely connected, and why we why we chose. Oh, to for talk sure. About I'd them argue these episode. these two might be the most connected. Uh, uh, that might be a bold statement. No, no, no I think that's they fair, might because they, these are the more I watched them, I was mm-hmm. like, geez, they have a lot of similar themes. They're both poking fun at the horror genre. They're both um, they both uh, inter- have their own version of comedy that's not just straightforward humor mm-hmm. it's more of this deeper idea of just making fun of kind of the viewer who watches right. these kind of movies right. which is awesome so again yeah i think these might be the most connected movies sure. we've ever watched sure i think that's a fair statement so so let's get into synopsis let's talk about the movies we watch tell us about okay. evil dead 2 evil dead we have ash and his girlfriend linda mm-hmm. driving to this cabin um 
not any real connection to this cabin other than knowing it's there. Yeah. Um, hitting the cabin there, um, them being alone in it at first, Ash finding this tape recorder that Linda says, we'll play it and find out what's on it. And that's what summons the demons or the evil dead or the spirits or whatever you want to call it um, from the book of the dead. So um, Linda gets possessed by these spirits. Um, Ash ends up killing her and her coming back and all of that kind of brings on other things. The four other characters that come and come to the cabin end up kind of trying to fight the evil forces off. Um, Ash and I got to look at the characters' names. Oh, I'm on my other notes here. Annie, Ed, Bobby, Joe, and mm -hmm. Jake were the five there that kind of are there in the in the majority of the movie there um they fight off the evil dead presence uh one by one they're kind of taken by force and um fighting to the end so they're not dead by dawn or you know um what was the gosh i cannot think of that um Swallow your soul. Swallow, like, that's Swallow what I thought you were going soul. for. I'm like, Swallow your soul. Swallow your soul. <laughs> Swallow this. <laughs> it's like, I it's a love great that. line. Yes. Great yes. line. So that's Evil Dead 2 in a nutshell. How about Cabin in the Woods, Mitch? All right. So Cabin in the Woods opens up, um, and the opening scene itself is really cool because it shows these two gentlemen riding around in a cart um, talking about child-proofing something as well as um, talking just, just talking about something that it doesn't really make sense with the movie you think you're getting into. Um, they're kind of making these plans and talking about uh, how, how something continuously has they've been good at. Um, and then it jumps to our five main characters who is Dana, Kurt, Holden, Jules, and Marty. Mm -hmm. um, these five college-age kids who are going out to a cabin um, who they believe one of their, I believe it's aunt and uncle. Sorry, that's a detail I didn't mm -hmm. really write down. Mm -hmm. um, one of their aunt and uncle is letting them use for the weekend. So they get a camper. They're going out there. Um, they hit this creepy, creepy gas station with an attendant who's um, <laughs> very, it, it's just, it's what you'd expect to see in a horror movie. The warning, the yeah. don't go out there, nothing. It's getting back that you got to be concerned about. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no. So they get out there to the cabin. You can tell something's off. As we said, the cabin's creepy looking, all that. And this is where you kind of it. It kind of starts bouncing back and forth between the kids in the cabin and this facility where there's cameras. You can see the cabin. They're setting stuff up, um, and and they're getting ready for something to happen. Uh, we later find out that as the kids are hanging out and. and Cellar door swings open, which again we talked about the creepy cellar. They go downstairs, um, and they're they're messing around with these items, um, and we find out that these items uh, have been placed there by the people who are running this operation. And what it is is whatever they pick is the monster that's going to come for them. And we find out that the operation, the the people in this office building, um, in this group, are trying to create what we view as a horror movie. They're trying to create this, this series of events that'll lead to these kids dying by something they picked themselves. Um, and then throughout the movie, it's just them being chased. They end up choosing, uh, what is it, redneck torture zombies? Mm -hmm. um, so, which is hilarious in itself. <laughs> um, and it's them trying to escape and get away. 
Uh, and we later find out even more that this is done to please the gods. Um, the idea that human sacrifice is needed to keep them happy. And in fact, the monsters aren't created. They're from the old world. They're things that were here. Um, and it's a giant satire on every horror movie you've ever seen. It puts them all into the same universe of these have all just been sacrifices to keep our world intact. Um, and in the end, uh, I'm not going to give it away. We're going to talk about that. That's one of our categories today. So let's get into some categories. Um, first one is cast. Scott, tell us a little bit about the cast. Let's start with Cabin in the Woods. I'm going to start with that one. I like um, it. Those five main characters, I was very ho-hum about them. Except for Marty. I really like Marty's character. The two girls were okay. They're attractive actresses. The two guys, I could have taken them or leave, leave them, yeah. really. I mean, Chris Hemsworth, really good in a lot of other roles. Not so much here. This is early on in yeah, his career. Yeah, this is very early so, in his career. Um, but I like the characters that were given to us yes. as a movie audience. That whole idea of a twist on those character stereotypes yes. in a horror movie. Um, the two the two guys running the operation, Hadley and Sitterson, absolutely my favorite characters. Oh gosh, they're awesome. I mean, those two, and those two actors, um, help me out with their actors, Bradley, Bradley Whitford, Whitford and Richard Jenkins. Thank you, yes. Um, those two guys, perfect casting for those two characters. So I, I would definitely say that those two made the movie for me as far as the cast. Yes. So, um, Marty, I've heard other people say they hated his character. I thought he brought a different intelligence, if that's the right <laughs> word, to that. I mean... <laughs> as the stoner, that's an yes, interesting title yes. to give him the intelligence. I love that irony of yes. he's he finds the camera and he figures things out. Yeah. And, you know, not what you would expect out of that character. Yes. So I'm giving the cast of Cabin in the Woods a grade of a 90 okay. for that. As far as Evil Dead... Very, very lukewarm on all of those secondary characters. I thought Annie was annoying. Just yeah, oh, oh gosh, I just agree. the way she screams, the way she delivers the 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 lines in the movie. Just, I mean, it's easy to see why she's been a um, soap opera actress in other roles. Yes, that's um, yeah. Bobby Joe, same way. She's been in a lot of soap operas because she's not a very good actress. Jake played the typical kind of redneck, overall dirty, filthy hands kind of character. And I didn't buy that he and Bobby Joe were together. Not at all. At all. No. At all. And Ed, <laughs> the only other place you know um, Richard Domeyer from is the Home Shopping Network. <laughs> he sells us stuff on the Home Shopping Network. So, I mean, he's not an actor no, whatsoever. Not. Bruce Campbell, on the other hand, without him, there is no movie. I mean, he, his facial expressions, his cartoony acting, his, you know, his line delivery, especially at the end where, you know, it's like woodshed, you know, groovy, you know, just, he doesn't have to say a whole lot and you're just like, you're pulling for him, yes. you're with him, so... Uh, I could not give the cast of Evil Dead 2 a higher score, 
even though Bruce is phenomenal in this movie, I gave the cast an 85 for Evil Dead 2. So right. 90 for Cabin in the Woods, Evil Dead 2, and 85. How about you, Mitch? So I'll jump in where you left off, Evil Dead 2, just to reiterate. Bruce Campbell, um, at first when I watched it, the beginning of it, because I hadn't really seen these. I've seen the new Evil Dead, mm-hmm. um, which is a totally different movie. It's oh, gosh, a straight yeah. horror movie. Um but Bruce Campbell at first, I'm like, okay, they got this dude's like way over the top. What's going on? And then as it goes, I really you you begin to appreciate what they're trying to do, and that it wasn't possible without him. Right. Because right. you take him out of this cast, I'm giving this a 60, maybe a 50. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a phenomenal job. He's fun to watch. His his animation, all that good stuff. His facial expressions are Jim Carrey esque. They are interesting and then just the way he delivers those hilarious lines the swallow this line <laughs> is after you have that thing squirming on the ground saying swallow your soul swallow your soul <laughs> yeah that got me good um but outside of him i really thought uh jake um the redneck guy like for some reason i just didn't buy him at all i thought it was forced yeah. i thought his accent was like him trying to be the really down backwoods guy i was like yeah. okay i don't think you are like i think you're really forcing that accent mm-hmm. um and yeah, it the, just all the side characters I really did not care for. Um, a lot of them I found annoying. I thought Annie didn't love Annie as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just think without Bruce Campbell, this thing's a complete dead, mess yeah. of yeah. a cast. It's dead. Um, one que- cast question for you because this is some stuff you know. Mm-hmm. Ted Raimi related to Sam Raimi. I believe so. Sam Raimi brother, something I like that. I believe so. Yes, because I saw because him on the cast look, list. Yes, they look fami- yes. they look similar. So, I'm I've, I would guess so. I, I don't know so. that for a fact, but okay. Um, it says right here. I just looked it up quick. Theodore Raimi is the American character actor for his roles in the works of his brother Sam. Sam Raimi. So they that's are what I was brothers. wondering when yeah. I looked at that. Yeah. I can appreciate that getting your brother. Kind of a film. Ron Howard Clint Howard yes, kind absolutely. of thing going on there. It's a good combo. Not as big, no. But, <laughs> but I kind of figured I was like, yeah, that makes sure. sense that he put his brother in there. Um so yeah, I, there's not a lot uh the the possessed characters when they do that, that's the one thing that I thought they did really well, but I'm guessing that's more on direction than on I'll give it to the actors, actresses mm-hmm. as well. Um I think that the way they did the really creepy possession and also the funny, like some of the things they say are hilarious when they're possessed. Oh, yeah. Um, And that kind of brought it up a little bit, but Bruce Campbell solely keeps this at a 70 for me. Okay. Keeps it at a 70. Uh, Cabin in the Woods, I'm going to go opposite of you here. I liked, not the first time I watched. First time I watched this movie, I really didn't like the characters. Mm -hmm. I've now seen it probably minimum of 12 times um, just because... Since we started watching these, I've watched it four. And prior to this, it's one of my favorite <laughs> horror movies of all time, horror comedy specifically. Sure. Um, I thought Chris Hemsworth, I mean, the whole point for me was that he's not trying to be like they were, they get him with the drugs to make them act like the stereotypes they want. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in the beginning, eh, luckily they don't spend a lot of time where they're actually themselves in life. Sure. They spend a lot of time as the characters that the operation creates. Mm-hmm. And I think he pulls off the dumb jock so well. I buy it. He talks, and I'm like, yep, it's Thor. He's a big, muscly jock. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Um, same with like uh, Chris and Connolly, who plays Dana. I thought she is the spitting image of what you'd think when you're like, oh, the innocent good girl. And I thought she did that the whole movie of just mm-hmm. being... I think they all played their parts well. Uh, the, the one I did not like is Jesse Williams. I, Agreed. One, Agreed. I I didn't know what role he was supposed to play. Like mm-hmm. I, when I was just watching, I'm trying to pick out like what 
trope he is, and he didn't really fit one no, for me. No, um, And then on the opposite side, he's the only one I didn't like. The opposite side of the main five, uh, Marty. I loved Marty. I mm-hmm. think Marty's hilarious. I think it's so clever making the stoner the one that actually knows what's going on, so right. nobody believes right. him. Um I thought he was awesome. And then, of course, the three that you got to talk about, uh, Sigourney Weaver popping up, I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins. I mean, especially the comedy side of this movie, they make it. Yeah. Those yeah. two just talking is hilarious. So I gave that a 90. A 70 for Cabin in the Woods. Or, sorry, a 90 for Cabin in the Woods. 7 for Evil Dead 2. Mm-hmm. That takes us into scares. What about the scares? What do you got? Scares. I'm going to start with Cabin in the Woods. Okay. Just kind of piggyback off where you left off. Um, the gas station cream, the gas station scene. Uh, one of my favorites yeah. there. That whole you know where they're mouthing off instead of being scared, they're like, okay, you know, um, the painting in front of the two way mirror, creepy. Creepy. I mean, just kind of. Off-putting, where like who hangs this in, you know? Yeah. And when she hangs the blanket over it, you get it. Yes, because that's what I would have totally oh, absolutely. done if I'm in that room. Um, the cellar door during the truth or dare game, good kind of adds to that. It's not jump scares, but it's it's setting you off there and putting you on edge as an audience member. Um, every one of those artifacts in the cell cellar, you're like, okay. The I gotta look back at my notes here. The the little globe and the music box. Yes, and um, the necklace. Absolutely. Um, There's a conch shell for a mermaid. Yeah, the dolls and the spherical puzzle. You know that w- made me think of Pinhead and yeah. Hellraiser. You know a lot of those kinds of things. So um, the zombie family. Perfect choice. I mean, just well done, darkly lit. So um, the scene of Dana on the dock when they're all celebrating, they're having a party in the operations room, and she just getting mangled on the screen in the the background. You're like, would somebody do something to help her? I'm like, you know, it's like you're you're pulling for her to survive at that point. So um, as far as scares go, I don't know if they they. Put me, I mean, if I'm sitting there in a movie theater, they're not going to raise my heart rate. So I gave the scares in Cabin in the Woods an 80. Okay. An 80 there. Um, scares in Evil Dead, the gritty kind of look of the movie. And we've talked about mm-hmm. this a lot. I mean, I want some modern horror movie to, to take a camera from the 70s and give me that kind of, man, this is just spooky looking because it's grainy and it's dirty looking and it's gritty and I don't want to touch the walls in that cabin I don't want to walk around barefoot in that cabin because it's just disgusting you know um the I think this the cabin the look of the cabin in Evil Dead 2 was a spookier cabin just the way the windows were large and kind of imposing in those tiny little rooms um, Henrietta, Annie's mother in the mm-hmm. cellar, creepy as heck. Um, there were good jump scares. I mean, I'm not always a fan of jump scares, but there were some good ones yes. where where they were well well thought out and plotted out. And the rats in the cellar, just like you know, 
Ash is sitting there at the bottom of the steps and you see one kind of come like it's going to crawl on his shoulder and you're just like, man, that's nasty. So I'm actually giving the scares in Evil Dead a higher score of an 82. Okay. So where are you well, at you, with You this? were 80 and 80, 80 for Cabin in the Woods and 82 for Evil Dead. All right. Yeah. So Evil Dead 2, um, I, I think that the setting is terrifying. I think like we talked – you said we've talked about this prior. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the just the old school look, the camera usage, um, mm-hmm. it gives it this creepy vibe. Uh, the um, where that finished, polished look of today, yeah, just doesn't you give you the same. Yeah, you can't feeling. get a hold of that feeling without yeah. using something like that, where you just get that grainy feeling. Mm-hmm. It makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, the cabin itself, I'm, I will agree with that. Terrifying. Um, it is. I think it's creepier than the cabin in the cabin in the woods. It just looks too. Again, like you said, it's too sharp and clean in the cabin in the woods. Mm-hmm. It, that goes with camera quality also. Um, the uh, help me with the mom's name in the basement. Henrietta. Henrietta. Big mm-hmm. positive. Honest to God, scared me. Like when they first show her, I'm like that. Or I shouldn't say scared me. Creep me out. I'm like that is a creepy looking thing. Yeah. Um, and and she, when Ash is trying to get away from her, you yes, believe it. Yes. You believe his fear oh, because my, it's yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> Um, so it had good moments. Uh, the insanity of it. I love things that just make you feel insane. There's the scene where they're all la- everything is laughing mm-hmm. after Ash chokes himself in the mirror and then yes. he stands up and he's like bouncing with the light bulb laughing. <laughs> um, th- I like a lot of that. Now here's where it loses me. One, uh, some of the use of claymation drove me insane <laughs> just because it's like if you're not capable of doing it, don't do it. Yeah. Um, when... What's her name? Uh, his whole oh, girlfriend in the beginning. Linda. Linda, Linda. thank you. Mm-hmm. Linda, when he kills Linda and she comes back and like does that weird little dance oh out there gosh, in the woods yeah. and like sits on the tree. Oh, it, headless. It, yeah, headless. Yeah, and, it, like, and it's like, claim. It, I'm pretty sure it's claymation they're using. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, stop, yeah. stop motion yeah. picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just pulled me. Like I was like, oh, that's uncomfy to watch. Um, and a couple things like that throughout, because they use claymation quite a few times, actually, mm-hmm. and I think that was just a horrible idea. Um, so for me, that took away. Also, my big critique that brought this down, um, I thought the use of sound was excessive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching this last night. My wife rolls over. She's not even watching. She rolls over, and she just looks at me, and she's like, holy cow, could they use more sounds in this movie? <laughs> And it is. I was like, then I started paying attention to it. I'm like, oh, well, first off, thank you for giving me something to talk about tomorrow. Uh, and second, geez, they do. They just hammer the sound effects. And I think part of the problem was where the camera quality made it better, the low camera quality, the mm-hmm. low sound quality almost made it painful yeah. to listen to. I was yeah. like, oh, that actually, that, that pitch hurts. Um, so because of all that, I, I gave it an 80. I thought it was middle of the road. Had some good scare moments. Had a couple things to bring it down. Put it right in the middle for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Cabin in the Woods, on the other hand, uh, has a couple things I really liked. One, we talked about it with Conjuring. The backstory is really good um, as far as them picking having to pick the thing that's going to kill them. Mm-hmm. So not looking at the satire part, but the actual just horror of the story, like thinking about that, that's terrifying of like whatever you pick's coming after you and they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm with you, great choice to go with the torture horror zombies <laughs> because when she is reading that book, those passages oh, are so goodness, creepy yes. thinking about um, a very, like the old timey, just, for my, my head goes to Little House on the Prairie of murderers who 
like pain. Yeah. And they cut yeah. her arm off and they do all this horrible stuff and she's writing about it and talking about like the dark room and all these places. I thought that was genuinely creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get some of that storytelling um, horror. And then I also like, again, when you pick horrors or you pick uh, torture zombies, you also got a little little sliver of slasher. It's not a slasher movie, mm-hmm. but you get when they first attack and they stab the girl's hand outside and you're mm-hmm. not, I mean, you know it's coming a little bit, but it still kind of throws you. Sure. Um, and then in the end, the chaos of the whole last scene, which I won't dive too far into because we're going to talk about the ending, but mm-hmm. you have monsters on monsters. You get a clown in there, which is one of my worst fears. It, I don't know why, just clowns. <laughs> I feel like that's common. Um, but again, you get all of those things. I think they did it really well while still making fun of all of it. Uh, but at the end of the day, I have to say this. I'm with you. If I'm watching it, it doesn't make my heart rate rise. At the end of the day, it's not making me second-guess things around me, not creeping me out to the point where I'm aware of a good horror movie really messes me up for a couple sure, days. Sure, This didn't do that, so I put it at an 85. Okay. I said an 85. I think it was better than The Evil Dead 2 um, in its execution and having multiple styles of horror. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's not it's not terrifying. Yeah, yeah. So that leads us to rewatchability. Rewatchability for Cabin in the Woods. I would I really like that balance between the horror and I don't know what you want to call that other plot line. The philosophy of yeah. what it is or the operation. Yes. You know, that jumping back and forth between those two plot lines would make me want to watch this movie repeatedly mm-hmm. uh, or, or numerous times. Yes. Um, I really like that. That originality of the story, because we talked about this when we chose these movies, I just figured it was just another Cabin in the Woods mm-hmm. movie, that it wasn't anything different. And that originality, I think, is what would bring somebody back over and over again. Um the whole idea of trying to figure out, because this was the first time I'd ever watched that, and trying to figure out what was going on with that operation the first time. It's like each time you watch it, you pick up something a little mm-hmm. bit different that they're going that they're going for, or that they did, or that they orchestrated within the operation, and just the philosophy of that whole situation of are we as audience part of what they're trying to do? Are we a part of that? You know, what was the rumbling going on downstairs? I still want to figure out what that was. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that the the whole idea of what those two, um, Whitford and, uh, or Hadley and Sitterson of, we can't control the monsters, but they're trying to orchestrate the death and the order of the death mm-hmm. of these characters. That's interesting to me. So for rewatchability, I gave Cabin in the Woods an 85, a okay. score of 85. Um, Evil Dead 2, I think the cheesiness of it pulls me back a number of times. A completely different reasons that I would, that I would want to rewatch it. Um, Bruce Campbell, I think, is a big part of why I would want to come back to this movie. Um, the visual jokes, the farewell to arms after he cuts his arm, yeah. cuts his own hand <laughs> off. I mean, just that book there. Yeah. The humor, I think, and the the twisted kind of humor that you get there is what brings me back. Um, I noticed last night as I was watching it one last time, the cut and action, you know, a 
cut from one one shot to another. There's really kind of they did that before that was kind of in vogue in mm-hmm. movies, I think. Um and just the action, the action throughout. I was thinking back to when I when I did the synopsis here earlier in the episode, there wasn't a lot for me to talk about because there wasn't a lot of plot. It was just action scene after yes. I mean there somebody different is possessed and they're trying to fight off that person, you know. It wasn't an ongoing storyline as much as survival there. So it was about the survival of the characters. So I give Evil Dead 2 a rewatchability score of 86. So very close, very close for me, an 85 and an 86 on those two. How about you, Mitch? All right, so um, I'll jump in again where you were. I'll go right with Evil Dead 2. Um, talking rewatchability, a uh, couple positives for it. Uh, Bruce Campbell. I just pick up something new, some little thing I didn't notice, just facial expression, something like that every time. I, the two times I've watched it, actually two and a half times I've watched mm-hmm. it. Um, so I like him. I can watch him. And I gained a little respect for him, a little more respect for him. Um, for the same reason I'm going to give this next positive is I'm not even sure I can count this as credit to the movie, but it is definitely the type of story they set up where you talked about it's a lot of action mm-hmm. um, and your evil isn't unbeatable. It's right. very killable. Mm-hmm. It communicates with you. Sure. It, you get that comedy back and forth. Um, so where I don't think I can quite... Where I don't... I'm going to give it credit for this, <laughs> but I don't think I should. Um, I've been watching Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Or mm-hmm. Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Yes, um, yes. On Showtime. And it's because of the way these movies set that premise up that they have this awesome show that I've now rewatched twice in, in one year. Because it is. It's super action-based. The every evil they run into is super killable with a chainsaw and a double barrel shotgun, which mm-hmm. is just so fun after you know the uh, origin. That's yes, what I was going go. for. Origin. Um, so I give that credit too for this. Now the negative for rewatchability. Um, I thought it had too little plot. I would have liked more plot. Um, it's a great shut your brain off movie, but for me, looking at what it was trying to do, I really thought it'd be cool if you did dive more into, which is where I like the show a lot better. Mm-hmm. The show dives into the lore. Um, you get a lot more on the dagger in the book and the different creatures, and actually there's different variations of the deadites. Um, and I thought that was really cool where the movie, I think, just stuck with what it was. It was a action, it had action, had a good baseline, had Bruce Campbell being Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, that that didn't do it for me. Rewatchability was a 70 there. Okay. Um, Cabin in the Woods, like I said, I've watched too many times. <laughs> um, so I'm going to outright say, you know what, I, I just, it's a 99 for me. It's a close to rewatch. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite movies of all sure. time. I've watched it. Me and my fr- I have a good friend who uh, loves this movie as much as I do, and I'm pretty sure we could watch it multiple nights in a row. Um, just because, like you said, the you go into it, and when it came out, they did such a poor job of promoting what it was. And I think part of that's because how do you promote that Sure. while letting people know what it is and not ruining what you're doing? Right, right. Um, so I remember we went to the theaters and we're like, okay, another Cabin in the Woods movie. Like, kids are going to die. It's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. We walked out and we're like, what was that? That yeah. was insane. Yeah. Um, and then every time you watch it, you pick up on something new, something new they did in the operation, something new that they had to plan that you didn't notice at first. Um, because the first time you watch it, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in that mm-hmm. whole process. Um, and then each time you watch it, you get to rethink about the morality. And that's a fun one for me is like, oh my gosh, like who is the bad guy here? 
Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. super evil to put kids in this situation, but it's also saving the entire world. Mm-hmm. Oh, morality question. So yeah. for that reason, I gave it a 99. Uh, bias because it's one of my favorite movies of all sure. time, but hey, we're going with it. Can't <laughs> help it. That leads us to uh, the second part. We hit scares of a horror comedy, so mm-hmm. we have to hit on the comedy side. What did you think about the humor? Cabin in the Woods. I'll, I'll stay along that. Um, the opening scene where they're talking about child-proofing the cabinets. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, hey, you want to come over? I'm going to pick up some power drills <laughs> and liberate my cabinets. That's the line. Yes. I was like, oh, God, am I going to remember that? Um, just the interplay between those two is just great. Bradley Whitford, he, he can play that kind of smarmy character, mm-hmm. and he's done it a number of times where he's a he's snotty and he's crappy to people but he can pull off the likability yeah, at the still, same yes, time it's a know? wild combination yes yes he can do it the marty character hilarious i think you know just how he acts and what he brings to the script um the phone call on speakerphone with Mordecai. It just, yeah, am I on speakerphone? Oh, what? Well, no. no, oh, no. Oh, let me check. You know, it's just like, that is, that is gold. That is just And he's gold. giving that impassioned speech of yes. like gloom and doom, and then they just bust out laughing mm-hmm. at him. Oh, mm-hmm. that is a funny scene. Yep. Yep. Now, here's where, if to me, that ending would have not gotten so serious. I think I I may have given this one a score of 100, but here's where it kind of took a little bit of a dive for me. At the end, you just have all those monsters, and it gets really deep, and it loses that humor a little bit. Yeah. Where when I get to talking about Evil Dead, you've got that humor throughout from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, the humor kind of takes a backside here towards the end, and... The jokes and the script are great in Cabin in the Woods. So I gave a humor score, a comedy score of 94 for Cabin in the Woods, where if they would have kept that throughout, it, it, would, have been, it would have been tough for me not to, you know, to give it almost a perfect score. Yeah. Evil Dead 2, like I said, it's funny throughout. You get visual jokes. You get some of that bad special effects the claymation the squeeze the eyeball popping out and going into her mouth yes i love that scene the when ash's hand gets possessed and he's beating himself in the face with plates in the kitchen where he drags himself across the room by just that Mm -hmm. hand i love that part of the movie his facial expressions, the close-ups of the eyes looking around. It's just, it's goofy, but I, I, I can appreciate that kind of humor. Um, the farewell to arms, the book after he cuts his arm off, the, the whole kind of foreshadowing of him being the hero at the end with the chain, you know, him going back to 1300 AD with a chainsaw on his arm and a sawed off shotgun on his back. You know, I love that, but I can't, I love that humor, but I can't give it a higher score than Cabin in the Woods. I just cannot, Mitch. So I gave Evil Dead 2 a 90 for humor. How about you? That's fair. That's fair. How about you? Um, So Evil Dead 2, 
It's like you said, you missed. I you didn't hit on my favorite part, uh, the one that just made me. <laughs> well, I've got to leave you. Yeah, something you got to leave me some crumbs about. to talk about here. When, I, when I'm first, yeah, I got to yeah. leave you something. Go ahead. So, sorry. When he cuts his hand off, first off, this is just. Uh, I think it's the epitome of why I love Ash as a character, mm-hmm. and why the comedy I do think is funny and still holds up as funny in Evil Dead is you get him cutting off his hand. It running away, him setting the sight on it, um, and then kind of like hesitating and making faces, like kind of like focusing in, but it's really over the top animation mm-hmm. by Ash. And then you get the hand stop, get hit by the mouse trap, <laughs> shakes it off. Ash laughs at him, doesn't shoot, lasers back in. The hand flips him off and then runs behind the wall. <laughs> the whole scene, I was like, that is what is going on, That's and why bad. do I think this is so funny? <laughs> Like, because it is. It is. That back and forth to me between a hand and a human being who's mm-hmm. trying to kill the hand. Oh, gosh. It, it was good. Um, it, it, you hit on a lot of it. Is just There's a lot of physical humor. Um, a lot of physical humor. You got mm-hmm. the, the head biting and him smashing it with the book and just constantly swinging around, ramming it on Putting things. it in a vice, vice in yeah. the woodshed. Like all you that. Know, the hand. I'm with you. The hand dragging him across the floor was funny. And then he just stabs it right before he gets <laughs> like yeah that stuff made me laugh that was good, um, and I, it, it it is solid. My only problem was is I thought I'm going with the humor in Cabin in the Woods. I thought it was um, I thought there were some misses. I thought there was a couple things where I was like I think they're trying to make a joke, but it didn't mm-hmm. stick with me. Um, I thought there was a couple things where I was like. Uh, like okay, which which genre are you going with here? Where are you? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to be funny? Or are you trying to be horror? Are you trying to be serious? Add to the plot, um, and because of that, I just it, it held me back from thinking it was over the top funny. Uh, if you can't tell, I hate to break it to you, viewers. Uh, this has kind of been a clean sweep so far on my side. Uh, Evil Dead Two didn't didn't quite hit me as hard as I thought it might. I gave it an eighty three on humor, um, which again eighty for me is where I put my average. So eighty three, I said. There was more funny than not funny, but there was mm-hmm. enough for it to kill the grade for me. Um, on Cabin in the Woods, I gotta disagree with you because I think the last scene is so darkly funny. The dark comedy of it. The one scene that my favorite scene in the entire movie is you get these clips throughout the movie of, oh, I can't remember which. It's definitely uh, Steve Hadley, Bradley Whitford. Mm-hmm. Okay? And he keeps saying he wanted the mermaid. He wanted the mermaid so bad. Mm-hmm. He wanted the, he's like, oh, and uh, Gary's like, oh, he was so close. He had the conch in hand. And you're like, what is the deal with these mer- mermaids? We haven't seen them. We don't know what it is. And at the very end, he's laying on the ground and out crawls slash like wiggles across the floor a fat, ugly creature with a tail. And his last line is like, you got to be kidding me. And then it just mauls him. (laughs) I thought that was so funny and such a good payoff to a line that I was so confused. I'm like, why do you keep talking about the mermaids? It doesn't. Like, what? (laughs) What is going to happen? Thought that was hilarious. Two, I just thought the, uh, again, dark comedy. Love love dark comedy and just the idea of you taking all of these horror villains, uh, all these monsters. I shouldn't call them horror villains. That puts them in a little different category. All these monsters being released and these dudes running in with guns. Mm-hmm. The futility of thinking that you were going to get out of that alive. Um, the idea that they thought they could handle that situation. Sure. Just to be mauled by anything <laughs> and everything. I mean, there was a unicorn that stabs a dude up against the yeah. wall. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other good ones. 
that you just had the wildest creatures. Yeah, um, a dragon wasn't there? Yeah, a dragon. There's a giant snake in? that comes oh, through. Oh gosh, yes. Um, which is one of the poor CGI parts. I thought not poor, but as for its standard, I thought it wasn't great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I actually disagree. I thought that last scene was hilarious. That was the part that got me the most because it wasn't direct jokes other than mm-hmm. the mermaid thing. That was obviously a payoff joke. But the the destruction and using the just. You had to imagine they were sitting there thinking, like, all right, what creature can we put in here? Mm-hmm. A unicorn. Heck, yeah, let's have a unicorn stab somebody. <laughs> all of that I thought was very funny. Um, and then to add on, and I, I won't hammer on the beginning of it, but the beginning of it you get a lot of good comedy. Uh, another one that I think they meant to be funny, but I found it hilarious also. Like, I, maybe it wasn't supposed to be. When they do the whole scene, actually, definitely was meant to be funny. When... Um, Chris Hemsworth is giving the speech about I'll go and I'll come back with guns <laughs> and helicopters and, and cops. I, and cops <laughs> and I'll save you all. And you're like, yeah, it's that moment. And then you're like, oh yeah, I forgot there's a force field around it. <laughs> and he takes off in just that hopeful, inspiring mm-hmm. moment, and you're like, oh no. And the way he smashes into it and then drops and continually hits the wall in the way yes. up. Yes. Oh, that gosh. is drop dead hilarious to me. <laughs> So, uh, because of that, and the reason this isn't 100 is I do hold this comedy standard up against pure comedies, um, so I gave it a 94. Okay. I think it's, as far as horror comedy goes, I think it's the best in its class. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what I had for horror, or for humor, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your call on the effects? Effects. Now, this is an interesting category for these two, because you have one movie that didn't really use a lot of effects, yeah. I would say. I Absolutely. mean, other than CGI. You have another movie who used way probably too many effects and poorly. Yes. So, I mean, as far as Cabin in the Woods, I think that's probably the weakest part of its game. Of the technology and the old-fashioned switches and the blood rushing into the the pictures of mm-hmm. the five different characters. I like that. I don't know that that added to any of the comedy of the movie or any of the scare of yeah. the movie necessarily. I think the makeup on the creatures that were actual actual actors was pretty good. Yeah. Um I don't know. I just I had a hard time thinking back to a number of good or even any practical effects in this movie. And you may disagree with me on this, and you're you're more than welcome to, but I gave the effects in Cabin in the Woods an 80 for that. I mean, using your justification of that, I I couldn't I couldn't say that it used them much, much better than other movies that I've seen, or necessarily much, much worse. Yeah. So um 80% for Cabin in the Woods. Now for Evil Dead 2. Um, the claymation, you kind of hit upon that. In some places, it used it okay. In some places, it was terrible. Yes. It was very, very poorly done. Um, one of the things that the rushing through the woods and coming up to the cabin, just knowing that Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi, the director, strapped the camera onto a 2 by 4 and were running through the woods to get that kind of over... I mean, I love that kind of thing. Um, the different colors of the blood. 
I mean, yeah. if this movie lasted any longer, you would have had orange blood, I think. <laughs> and you would have had... I mean, they didn't want to use red blood. No. Except when it was off screen. You yes. know, that part where it covered everything in the room and it covered the light bulb and everything was was red after that. Um, but they did that to save themselves a rating of an X. Yeah. Because with all that blood at the time, it would have been an X. And they would have never had any kind of revenue no for they wouldn't turn anything there. on that so, another thing whenever you saw those possessed people with white eyeballs those were glass contact lenses in the days and those people were completely blind they had to rehearse those scenes because they were completely blind wandering around in these scenes so i can appreciate what the actors had to go through legend has it that they lived in that cabin and they slept in that cabin at night mm. while they were shooting it. <laughs> no, thank you. That so, scares I mean, me. The eyeball swallowing. My favorite effect in this movie is when Ash is staring at himself in the mirror and all of a sudden his arms come, come out. Th- yeah. Great. So well done. And yes. just where the camera flips and you see over his shoulder and it's and it's him coming through them. It was seamless to me. So I gave that a 90 for effects in Evil Dead. That's fair. E- even with its flaws, I, there are things that I think were really, really groundbreaking for the time in 87. So how about effects for you, Mitch? Um, effects, uh, I actually won't disagree with you on this. Going back to Cabin in the Woods, so switching up my order here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, going to Cabin in the Woods, um, I don't disagree. There, there's, they, they didn't rely on practical effects nearly at all. Um, now, the ones they did... I always appreciate, uh, I love zombie movies, mm-hmm. so I appreciate a good zombie. I thought the zombies were very well done. Yep. Um, I thought they were creepy. I thought, um, like you said, not only the zombies, but the other monsters you see later on that were not CGI. Mm-hmm. I thought they did incredibly well. Um, and I thought, like again, they just they kind of rode that curve of not doing anything spectacular, but not doing anything horrible. Now, I said mm-hmm. there was some some bad stuff. Like, I thought the snake didn't look great great in that last scene. I thought it was mm-hmm. like, eh, it's a little rubbery, a little CGI-y. Um, I also thought, um, I, like, just the chaos in the end kind of helped cover that up, too, though. You got mm-hmm. all the action and the snake shows up, so they were smart enough to be like, all right, we can kind of get away with it here. Sure. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you, you said they didn't, nothing crazy, mm-hmm. nothing special, nothing terrible. Like, it didn't, nothing ruined the movie, nothing really made the movie. Right. They knew right. what they were making. They really didn't, for what they were trying to do, they didn't need any great effects, sure. anything like sure. that. It it wasn't their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I gave it an 82. Mm-hmm. Um, Evil Dead, on the other hand, um, a lot of things you hit on. One, I already talked about one of my problems. The claymation bothered me just because I'm like, oh, it's so bad. Now, the thing I'll say about that, and I didn't put it in humor because I wanted to talk about it in effects, is I do love a movie when their effects are so bad that it's funny. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those. <laughs> like, when I watched that, and I went, wait, what? What is going... That cannot be what they meant to do here. Yeah. I thought it was all genuinely funny. Yeah. Um, and I didn't put that in humor, because I don't think that's fair, because it wasn't meant to be humor. Um, but it was. And it, there's it, definitely some continuity errors here. Yes. With- the makeup and the blood that's on Ash's shirt. And yes, it's like, they kind of bounce around. But again, for what they're making, yeah. it kind of works as comedy. Sure. Like, I don't give it credit in the humor section, yeah. but it's funny when you make those kind of mistakes mm-hmm. and you're not a real serious movie, which yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's a pretty light-hearted, it's a light movie. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to scare the crap out of you. Um, but as far as their effects, the positives, 
the the mother in the basement terrifying. Um, the white eyes was something I wanted to talk about. One, I knew there was no easy way they did that. Mm-hmm. Didn't know they blinded them to do it. Um, <laughs> but that was creepy. Yeah. Uh, even the deer head when they threw the white eyes on it. Oh I was yeah. Like, Ew. like I can see. It. And again, let's talk about bad effects. The deer head's movements mm-hmm. bad, very yeah. robotic. Um, however, eyes good, very creepy. Yeah. Um, so it kind of rode that same line for me of except for it was the opposite. So, cabin in the woods stayed middle mm-hmm. in my opinion. Did nothing bad. Did nothing good. Evil Dead did some really cool things, like them pulling that camera through the woods and making mm-hmm. those scenes and uh, some of their cuts with their camera action uh, when he's chasing Ash through the house and just how smooth it goes with, does some really cool things. Mm-hmm. And then it did some really horrible things. So they're both ending up at 82 for me. Okay. But they ended there in two different paths. Sure. Um, but overall, like, again, nothing... Uh, eh. They were it, it wasn't anything great. It wasn't horrible enough to ruin Evil Dead 2. Sure. In sure. fact, I said, for me, it made me laugh. Yeah. But 82 is all around. Mm-hmm. Brings us to our last one. We got to talk about the endings. These both have kind of crazy endings yes. to tie them up. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about them. To piggyback off of you, um, Evil Dead 2, I like how the ending leads into the next movie where he's placed yeah, in... 1300 you know that whole um he's the hero and i think in this one i really really like the hero moments of he's in that woodshed and he straps that chainsaw on his arm and and um annie's helping him do that you know he he saws off the shotgun and flips it around twirls it around on his finger and sl- i mean with a wild sound effect that's like <laughs> I was like, really? That's I mean, the sound that makes. That's a serious hero <laughs> moment right there where you're like, yes, okay. I mean, this isn't a long movie, but it, it got to that point where like, okay, where's the resolution here? Where are we going to finally get the culmination of this, you know? And then he finally, you know, he defeats the giant head there, yes. <laughs> sticks his chainsaw into it, and we get purple blood that purple time. Purple blood, yes. Purple so, blue to you know, <laughs> yeah. Depending on your TV settings. We get purple blood, you know, so... And then he gets dropped into the the 1300s there, yeah. and and the... the um, the um, medieval warriors come up, and then you have the you know he's the hero, and they're 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 praising him, and he's like you know he he knows he's back in time. Um, I like that. I really do. I like that ending. I gave it a ninety three for the ending there because it was innovative. It was something different. It wasn't what I expected to have happen. Um, so ninety yeah ninety three cabin in the woods. I really like the ending, except for when Marty and Dana are moving through the floors of the operation. Yeah, the whole chaos. I think that really, it got too long for me. A little bit of chaos I would have been okay with, but it just like, they needed to cut that down for me. I, I like the director showing up. I like the, this is why we're doing all of this. Mm-hmm. I like the explanation of all that. If they would have cut it down, that ending would have been fantastic spot on it just it got too long for me in those spots where you like the chaos of all those different creatures and all the blood and all of that it just got to be just a little bit you know um the commentary on 
the people's wanting of violence, the philosophical part of it, the director, the are you going to die with them or are you going to die for them? I mm-hmm. love That's that. That's a great line. That whole idea that it planted in my head and I went, oh, I wasn't thinking of this, you know? So um, other than that, gosh, I, I wanted to give this a higher score for the ending. I settled on a 92 here that's for it. So I think that's very fair. How about you, Mitch? So the ending for Cabin in the Woods, I'm the opposite, uh, which again I think is just – the difference in our personalities. Sure. I loved the extended chaos. I yeah. was just eating that up of like, show me more monsters, just <laughs> random monsters. Bring Jigsaw out. Bring, I wanted every horror movie monster I've ever seen to come on screen. Um, but that was just more of a, uh, like a hat tip to all the horror genre and all mm-hmm. that. The, the part I really loved about the end is what you talked about where you bring in this philosophy and an ending to an actual story. Mm-hmm. I think horror movies too often, uh, including one we just talked about, The Conjuring, ending on a super cheesy note where you're like, wait, that shouldn't have worked. Like you explained this thing so well and then you killed it with nothing. Yeah. This does a great job where you have this lore of this these gods. You have to sacrifice. They have to be entertained mm-hmm. or we all die. Right. And you have these, the characters, um, you have Marty trying to make that decision of like, okay, so do I die? Like what? And she, um, when, oh, it's one of the two guys in the main operation. Oh, when, uh, is it Gary Sitters? Richard Jenkins who tells her to kill him? Yes. Hands her the gun and tells her to Mm -hmm. kill him and says, and she like is thinking about it. Right, right. Like that whole dilemma, again, is that moral dilemma I talked about. It's like, who's in the wrong here? Mm -hmm. Like, I shouldn't say who's in the wrong is what what's okay to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. And then I love we talked about it and it led perfectly. I'm glad we did last week's episode first. We get the non-cheesy ending. We mm-hmm. get the destruction of the world. Yes. Which for me, I love as a horror movie <laughs> ending. I think, heck yeah, you had me thinking everything was going to work out. And it didn't. Right. And I have to be okay with that. Yes. Um I also love in the end, uh, this is the child in me. Hopefully we don't have to edit this out. I was looking up some film facts. Uh, they ended with 69 dead bodies. Okay. On purpose. Mm-hmm. Of course Sam Raimi did because that's his style. Yes. Um, also, they were. there was a funny one that I wish I would have seen. I never saw it and I think they might have cut it. There's also a giant cat in the ending of this movie. Mm-hmm. That's one of the monsters. Mm-hmm. And I just sorry, that doesn't make sense in this conversation. But I looked at it and I was like, oh, I got to talk about the giant cat. Because <laughs> someone described how the giant cat was supposed to kill them if it got picked. Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. I would have loved to see it. It was just going to knock random objects off and kill yeah. them. Just like they do off tables. Mm-hmm. Just knocking giant trees over. The next time I watch it, I'm going to have to pause it on the board. Yes, and, and just, just see, see all everything. those different you know? Yes. So anyway, I got excited talking about this ending because I love it. I gave it a 95. It's up there for me. Um, I, I don't know where it could have been better, but I feel like it just it, five. I think it's short five. I think mm-hmm. 95s. Um, it's incredible. Sure. Ending of Evil Dead. As much as I ripped on this movie, um, as much as I had an issue with it, I'm with you. I like the ending. Mm-hmm. I like the ending. It ties the lore in. It's got the book. The book, uh, we're going to do these two. Um, it talks about it's going to open up and drag the evil back into space or back, uh, back through. Does it say exactly? The portal opening. Yeah, and but all does it that. say where the outcome is? Does it? Because it doesn't say no, back in time. No, it's very vague. There, there we go. So. And that's why I liked it, is mm-hmm. because I was like, I don't think I knew prior to this. Um, he gets sucked in. You get this great ending. He kills the evil. 
it gets sucked in. He gets sucked in. You're like, wait, so what's going to happen here? Mm-hmm. And then you get the call back to when they're looking at the book and it talks about the hero from way back when, the, the hero from the sky. Right. And it's right. a picture. And they did a great job of making it very noticeably, if you're paying attention, him. Mm-hmm. You see the chainsaw up in the air. Right. But vague enough that if you don't quite look at it hard enough, sure, you'll miss it. Or even if you saw it, there's so much that happens between that and the end. You, you're like you forget about yeah, you it do. enough, especially because like, there's enough action. And there. why would that tie in? You're right. like, why would that? Like, you're not expecting it, right. and then it sucks him back, and he kills a dead, like pulls the shotgun, kills the deadite, and all the knights, like, right. like the savior from the sky. Right, and your mind immediately goes back yes. to that. Then scene it clicks, and, and you're like, yes. oh, I'm so dumb for not knowing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, I'd say that I really like the ending. Also, again, it doesn't give you the cheesy happy ending. You get you get resolution. Sure. You get resolution um, from the ending of uh, from him saving the day in the present time, but you also get the dismay of knowing that there's still more to come. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I gave it a ninety. Um, I just think it was lacking a little bit. The tree head in the end killed me just because I'm like, oh no, that's bad. <laughs> Bad, bad, bad graphics um, again. Yeah. Uh, not bad, bad practical. I mean, probably pretty decent for the time. Right, right. But watching now, there's some things I just can't get over. So I gave it a 90. I also got to correct something I just said. I said Sam Raimi for Cabin in the Woods. I meant Joss Wheaton, okay. um, who was yep. a big part of the Cabin in the Wood, and he has a very t- interesting sense of humor. Um, <laughs> so let's get to our overalls. What do you got for an overall here? Overall score... My numbers worked out to an average of 88 for Evil Dead 2. I like this movie. It's, it's my favorite of that trilogy. Um, it's Bruce Campbell's favorite of those three movies. Um, we, we said this before, Mitch. It's like if you have anybody else in that role, it's not. It's, it's an inconsequential movie. Yes. It, it's just it doesn't hold up. Um, that grainy film, that funny, that humor from start to finish. I think the action itself was probably better than Cabin in the Woods. Um, Ash versus his own hand. I yes, did, that's awesome. I, I'll go back to that. <laughs> and the hero moments. For me, I, those are the parts of Evil Dead 2 that I loved. Cabin in the Woods, I... My numbers worked out to an 87, but I'm going to do something that teachers are entitled to do. I'm giving it extra credit of five points for originality because that script is something that you've never seen before or since. That whole idea of the puppet masters behind what's actually going on. So for Cabin in the Woods, I give it a 92 match. So it's... It's my winner out of these two movies. I love it. Which I, I don't like to do. It. But I love hearing it. Okay, so How about I, your overall scores there? I don't even have to convince you this week. No. Um, so my overall, uh, at, or Evil Dead 2, um, one thing I got to say, Hero Moment, one, like it sounds like you actually helped write the TV show because everything you've hit on the positives, they hammer as key parts of the show. Now I definitely have to watch you it. You do. So. Because when you talk about Hero Moments, they... To the point where Sam Raimi, and this time I am right, it's Sam Raimi. Um, Sam Raimi hammers that where every opportunity he gets, there's like scenes where they throw him his chainsaw and he jumps and it's a slow-mo turn in the air mm-hmm. as the chainsaw hits and locks on his. It's just, it's the greatest cheese of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yes, it makes me laugh when you say that because I'm like, oh my gosh, you would love the show. Um, 
Anyway, back to my overall. My averages came out to 79, which I think is pretty fair. I think it's just below average for me. Um, I liked it on the first watch. I love the action. Um, I'm a big fan of Ash. I, I'm glad that 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 property exists because then I got this show that I love now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's about right, 79. Um, Cabin in the Woods came out to a 91 on my averages, but I also am going to steal the uh, steal your thunder here and say <laughs> I got to give it extra credit. Um, I'm giving it five points of extra credit, giving it a 96, and here's why. Not only is it original, it's original in a time when originality is not common. True. It's True. too easy to rob people and use things that are already there. They said, hey, let's do something crazy. Mm-hmm. Let's make people rethink every horror movie they've ever seen and talk about um, their the idea that maybe every horror movie lives in this universe. Mm-hmm. Lives in this universe and is, is just us pleasing the gods. Like That's such a creative premise to go on. Um, so... I I really love that idea. Um, I think it's so creative. And then the crazy part is... So the crazy part um, about this movie and the other reason why I say five extra credit points given it a 96 overall being one of my top movies is uh, if this source is to be trusted, uh, the thing I was reading about fun facts about this movie is they wrote this in a weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. These two, it's Joss Wheaton and someone else sat down. I'm pretty sure Joss Wheaton... Um, they sat down and they just hammered it out and they did it because they wanted to do their basic premise was they sat down and they said let's make uh let's make a movie that one praises horror movies that's something we love they mm-hmm. love horror movies but also mocks what they've become sure um they called it a, a love hate letter um to the genre and i was like dude that's such a crazy way to begin writing a story yes um and then in a weekend to get it hammered out so um, to wrap it up, I gave it a 96 overall, uh, Evil Dead 79. That means we both are picking Cabin in the Woods. That's a win for me. I love that. Absolutely. Yep, I think... Hard to admit, hard but... to, I think it's fair this week. I do. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I think that's true. So, that leads us into, uh, wrapping our show up with our top five. We decided we haven't done a draft in a while, so what better thing to do a draft on than... Halloween candy. I love it. Halloween candy. We're like four days out. Let's figure out what your favorite Halloween candy is. I will yes. give you first pick of the draft. Fantastic. Since my movie won, you can have first pick that of the draft. That sounds fair. That, that sounds fair. Mitch, I'm going to go with Reese's I Peanut quit. Butter Cups. I quit. Reese's Peanut Butter <laughs> Cups because that has always been my favorite candy. When I was a little kid and my grandma worked at the bar in Wilbur, there was a guy named Tiger, Tiger Zychek, who would buy me, when I came in to see my grandma, would buy me Reese's Peanut Butter Cups because he knew how much I loved him as a kid. So that's got to be my number one pick. Okay, so I'm two two emotions right now. I'm angry you just took my favorite candy of all time. Yes. And two, it's funny because I didn't know that about you. Uh-huh. And there's just these things that it makes sense why we get along so well. Of how many things we disagree on, there has to be some things we agree on. Absolutely. There they are. See, there it is. Um, all right, so that means I can't take Reese's. So I will take Milky Ways as my number mm-hmm. two. Um I don't have a childhood story for them because they were a later in life development for me. In college, I just started hammering them, and that became my number two candy bar. Milky Way, interesting. Milky Way. Okay. What do you got for your second, or for my, that was my first pick. What do you got for number yes. two? For number two, I'm going to go with, oh, 
this is a tough one. I'm going to have to go Butterfingers. That's you can have that one. I'm okay. not a Butterfinger guy. I do like Butterfingers. That's fair. Um, the old recipe. I do not enjoy the new Butterfinger recipe. When they change? Uh, probably within the last year. Okay, I'd so say I... probably in the spring. It's it's this calendar year. I know 2020. It was sometime in 2020, and it's not. It's not as good. Huh. It's not. I mean, and when I bite into a uh, a fresh Butterfinger, there's not a whole lot better. Yeah. Other than that salty peanut butter in a Reese's peanut butter cup. Yeah, now you're just rubbing it in and that hurts my heart, man. That hurts. <laughs> How about your number four? What's your next draft pick? My number, my next? second draft pick, I'm going to take nerds. nerds. I love nerds. Okay. I love, I think, okay, so one of my things as a kid was always to strategize, like, I want the candy that has the most in it. Because, mm-hmm. like, there are some candies when they do the bite size. Oh, gosh. Like, you're just getting robbed. Yes. Like, the itty-bitty Snickers square. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's yeah. like, come on. It's pointless. Almost. Nerds, yeah. those little boxes hold a surprising amount packed of nerds full. in them. So They are packed full. My second pick in the draft is nerds. Back to you for number three. So what you, you got? went sugary fruity there. And I that's did. my next one is sugary fruity. And also something that's loaded with candy too, Skittles. Skittles, I Skittles. love Skittles. That's a good pick. Skittles, you get a lot in those bags where a lot of the chocolate... They the fun size they've just shrunk and shrunk and shrunk over the years, but you still get your money's worth yeah. on a bag of even a fun size Absolutely. bag of Skittles. It's not the the little Snickers, right? How about your next one, Mitch? My next pick, I'm gonna have to take. Ooh, I'm gonna have to go on a wild card here. Uh, going mm-hmm. off of my list, one that just popped in my head, I'm going pure sugar. The little fun dip packets mm-hmm. with the candy stick. There yep. was nothing better. Than just licking that thing, sticking it in a bunch of sugar, <laughs> and then just inhaling sugar. Yeah. It was awesome. As a right. kid, it was the best. Um, I don't know how that's considered a candy. Uh, you, you can just throw a flavor <laughs> in a sugar and you're good to go. Also, the one thing that frustrates me is why they haven't made just a bag of those sticks. Yeah. I love those. Just Eating chewing those on those. Like I always that. ate mine too soon, and then yep. I would just drink the sugar. Mm-hmm. Very disgusting visual. Like, I was a gross kid just eating well, sugar that's all the okay. time. I'm going to probably head down that avenue here pretty <laughs> soon myself. So, What do you got next? Um, man, this is a tough choice. Um, I'm going to have to go number two, Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth. As far Ruth. as chocolate bars, Baby Ruth has a good mix of chocolate, peanuts, nougat, all of that. I, I do enjoy a good Baby Ruth. That's inter- I can say I've never had a baby Ruth really? in my life. Oh, so gosh. on your recommendation, I might. But you have picked to- Milky Way first. That's interesting because I would pick a baby Ruth over a Milky Way any day. It's got peanuts. You got to have some peanuts in there. No, yes. Why would you ruin a good thing? Like, no, that makes it better. No. Okay. Okay. Well, Agreed. You, you're wrong. We're right you're on wrong. Reese's. We disagree on this. All right. Um, my number, f- uh, my fourth pick. I'm going to take. A Twix. 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 Oh, that was on my list. I like too. Twix. Uh, it would be Snickers, but as we talked about, just if we're talking Halloween candy, which is what yeah. I think we're thinking about right, in this draft, right. I can't pick a quarter millimeter of candy. <laughs> like, that makes no sense to me. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you got for your fourth? My last. Oh, fifth. Sorry, fifth. My last one is going to be the peanut butter kisses. The um, orange and black wrapped. Hershey's. No, orange and ra- black wrapped peanut butter flavored taffy. 
that you get. Do you know what I'm talking about? You're, you I look was, confused. I was, I'm, I'm They're young. called peanut butter kisses. It's the peanut butter flavored taffy that just comes in a huge bag. Half of them are wrapped in orange. Half of them are wrapped in black paper. And I just go. There's nothing. Oh, there they are. See? Oh, ew. No, I love those. Oh, Scott, come on, man. No. That is. I, I don't want to say this, but I have to. That is the candy that was always at the bottom of at my grandma's house, the candy jar. No, that's candy corn. No. Oh, that is also candy corn. I agree. But I remember these. You have those those wrapped black – because as soon as I popped it up on images, I was like, yep, I know those. No, I, I do like – because I like peanut butter. I like peanut butter too. And it's too. peanut butter flavored taffy. That's a weird co- – it's, like uh, it's like toffee or coffee flavored and you taffy. And get, you get a little center of just kind of peanut butter in the middle of them too. That's another one we're going to have See? to agree to okay. disagree on. All right. I respect your pick, but I don't like it. <laughs> What's your last one, Mitch? <laughs> My last one, I'm staying on board with the uh, crackhead version of candy, um, pixie sticks. Oh, gosh. You know, they don't even give you the dipping stick on that you one. You went high sugar High sugar. Here. I remember as a kid what I liked. Dang. Fun dip and pixie yeah, sticks. Let's, and nerds. And nerds. Let's streamline the process. Wow, that Get the sugar in That tells me a lot about you. That's fair. That really tells me a lot about and you. That's fair. So. All right, well, that wraps up our episode. Um, be ready. We will put another one out for this Sunday. I think we're sticking with the uh, sticking with the kind of horror movie theme. We're going with April Fool's Day versus Saw. Uh, are you sure where we can find either of those? Ooh, good question. I'm not sure. I but believe Saw is on Hulu. I might be wrong. I think you're right. Hulu's got a lot of horror movies. Yes, they right do a now. good job. April Fool's Day. We might have to do some searching. That might be Amazon Prime. We'll find it. Yeah, we oh, always absolutely. do. Amazon Prime really has—it's got it a all. Crazy assortment of things. Yes, it so. does. So, thank you for joining us. We will see you in a couple days. Uh, go enjoy your recess. This has been real education.